This just into the Misspots podcast, breaking news. We have found out via our contacts in NXT that because of the tag team match this last week on NXT, in honor of his partners, Ashanti the Adonis, Isaiah Swerve Scott, Jake Atlas is going to add an extra word to his name, and they have decided to go with something very apropos to his character and go with Jake Meh Atlas. This and other credible wrestling news coming up on the Misspots podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Fiend event. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. I had my my heart set on Jake casual attempted suicide atlas after that I don't know what that was uh from the apron to the outside. Yeah, that was bad. There's a lot of stuff about that match that I could nitpick on and I have large nits to pick. Uh I was actually thinking maybe Jake I'm not Tony Atlas. <laughs> Jake, you're not going to find Argentina on me, Atlas. I was also thinking that maybe they should just rebrand him as Samba Simba. Because, oh. you know, we haven't had that in a while. Anyway, uh, what did you think, uh, Michael? We have we have a lot of stuff going on. We've got, like, uh, Halloween Havoc is a thing again, and that's happening, and we've got full gear, and the main roster's doing Lord knows what. Uh, what did you think? We, we haven't watched NXT for a couple of weeks. Have you been missing it? I, I felt a little, um, just behind because like the last episode that we watched, they kind of announced that there was going to be, uh, this, um, no, uh, Halloween Havoc thing, but nothing really else. And then to come into this episode and be like oh Gargano is taking on Priest and Candice is taking on EO and they're both spin the wheel make a deal things like like oh okay things are, are happening here um, so it felt a little bit behind on that and of course it's a very rushed thing which I feel like is becoming NXT's kind of thing is to just rush things in uh, that used to not be a thing for them. Uh, there, I'm still wondering what the hell's going on with um, Finn, uh, Oni, well, well, Oni, and uh, go ahead. I was just saying for Finn last week they had a whole thing about showing his jaw surgery and all that stuff. So they did give us a big update last week on that. Oh, did they? I didn't see yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, but like we have this whole undisputed era winning a title shot, then all practically getting taken out. Oni Lorkin and Danny Birch getting their what feels like 500th uh, shot at the tag team titles to a lukewarm tag team champions and a winning and aligning with Kevin's second favorite person on the NXT roster. The punter. <laughs> yeah, it's it's wild, man. I uh, I didn't I I didn't feel good about that. Let's just let's just get that out there. I, I don't care for the punter. I don't think he should be. I didn't think he should be wrestling Adam Cole. I didn't ever watch the match because I, he should to not be wrestling Adam Cole. He's not a wrestler, and the fact that he's come back. Listen, this is what I'll give NXT credit for. They've been dealt a big handful of shit. They keep having keep people get injured, winning their championship. They they were setting up Ridge Holland and Adam Cole. And 
Ridge Holland did a stupid dive to the outside and snapped his goddamn ankle. So he's out and he can't work this angle. So what do they do? They dust off the old punter from the Colts and they put him, they align him with his, his, we've established. If one thing we've established, other than the punter does not like Adam Cole in the Undisputed Era, it's that uh, Oni Lorcan and Danny Burcher are his best friends, right? That's been established yes. well on NXT television. It is, it's just subtext. It's Grass all... is green, sky is blue, Orkin and Birch, BFFs with the punter. Yeah, it's, 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 it's just subtext, man. It's just been underlying the entire time. It's subtle, but you saw it. So just having him come back and take out the Undisputed Era one by one, yeah, I, I mean, I guess that's a good move. It's, it's really trying to make the best of a bad situation. But now you've got Birch and Lorcan turning heel. They're good workers. I like them yeah. as a team. But if we're talking about this match with Breeze and, and Fandango, this wasn't great. They tried no. to make it an epic, but Breeze and Fandango are not FTR. Right? They're not American Alpha. They're not the Undisputed Era. They're they're not those guys. So they tried to work a match and with all the false finish and all, the, and it just was flat as shit. And I think these guys could work, but I don't think they work as heels because they're kind of meh. They're very Jake Atlas. So I, I don't know. It just it see it seems like a couple injuries and and some things rightly so have blown up their spot. But I cannot believe any of this was planned. I can't believe that these guys were planning to have the tag team titles on Lorcan and Birch. I don't so think so. It's very it's very confusing, and I feel bad that they're in this situation. And and by the way, I, when I saw the punter, before I knew it was the punter, with that stupid full silver mask on, I was like, oh no, retribution is here. <laughs> they are taking too. over NXT. <laughs> The dumb mask of society is back, and they want vengeance. <laughs> um, I, I think that uh, Birch and Lorcan can work as heels. I just don't think that we have over the... I mean, they've been with NXT for a number of years now, and we've really never got a whole lot of character development out of them. So I... I think that there is the potential that we can see them work as heels. I don't want to see them with the punter. Not one single bit. Uh, but this will lead to probably um, at least some good good tag team matches with Birch and Lorcan and members of Undisputed Era. But... We, this is going to be some not uh, probably. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they find one more person to join with them, so that it's a four-on-four four match in the end uh, of this whole thing, as they're a way of blowing up. Survivor this Series. This is going to be, and you know what Survivor Series weekend is? What is it? It's fucking Fall Brawl. It's uh. Uh, the 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 uh, uh, why can't I fucking think of the actual name of the match? War games. War games. This is going to be war games. Undisputed era against McAfee and company. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, pass. Uh, fucking yeah. Christ. Listen, they're they're doing their best with what they have, but I I don't care for this best. If I was in control, and I rightly should be, we can all agree with that. Oni Lorcan is a great singles guy who is a really good hand, who can have excellent matches, who should be putting over mid-level talent. You know, he's a he's a gatekeeper to the upper mid-card, and he's a kind of guy that, yeah, he goes out there, he makes people look good. And after a little while, when you establish that he's that guy on TV, either you give him a manager or you, you do something to freshen him up. You do something to, to make him kind of find his, you know, his fire. And you give him a nice hard run where he wins some unexpected matches. He gets a little bit of a push. And he wins the North American Championship. And he holds it for two, three, four months. And loses it to somebody in a series of good matches. And you get a nice little run out of a guy who's a really good hand. Who the people would want to get behind. 
He's a Daniel Bryan type. He's not as talented as Daniel Bryan. Few people are. But he's that kind of guy. He's a smaller guy. He's a good worker. He's got fire and intensity. Not a lot of personality. And I think you get a good year, year and a half program out of a guy like that. You know, and then he can slip back down to that spot. I'd love to see uh, Lorcan in that kind of thing. And if he, if that were to happen, it'd be a really feel-good moment for someone to win that North American Championship in that situation. So that, that's what I was thinking about when I was watching Lorcan. And and that's uh, that's a great way of writing for a character, uh, something that WWE writers don't do. Uh, for two weeks, let alone a year, year and a half. Um, but I, 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 I am now turned off even more by this. Once I, I thought about this like on air that this could probably be a war games, uh, match that they're building up to like undisputed Era has been in every war games that has had men in it, I, I believe. And it just, you know what I hate? And I hate the fact that there's a pay-per-view called Hell in a Cell and three matches have to be in the cell, even though none of them belong in it. That sucks. It always sucks. That's why those matches aren't special. That's why no one cares about them. When you do war games and you do it once a year and then we have to figure out what teams are going to be in war games, it's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't work. So if you're going to do a war games kind of thing and you want to do it once a year, figure out what you're going to do and do it sometimes in February and do it another time in December. Figure out how you're going to get to that and book backwards. Uh, so I, uh, yeah, I, I don't care. I, when you said that, I was like, ah, God damn it. You're right. Uh, yeah. So we just talked about the ending of NXT from this week. <laughs> I, I did have one thing I wanted to talk about from the previous week's NXT and there wasn't anything for me to sink my teeth into it was just a show there wasn't a lot to to really talk about Shotzi Blackheart is <laughs> the host of Halloween Havoc mm-hmm. because she has green hair apparently yes 100% and, the reason yeah and she's all over the promotions and this that and the other she cut a promo if that's what you want to call it and i encourage you to go back and watch this if you can when they introduced that gargano the garganos which is a new tv show it's terrible but it airs every wednesday night in the middle of nxt the garganos are going to face their opponents in the spin the wheel make the deal thing then they they shoot over to to shotzi who spoke her promo as if she was speaking into a microphone for the first time in her life. It's as if she was speaking words for the first time ever. She is awful. She is an, she's an awful character. She can't speak to save her life in this situation. And she's not a good wrestler. She is just the worst. I, it, it was it was unfathomable. I mean, it, she had, I, I want to say 17 words to say. And she found a way to pause awkwardly in between each and every one of the 17 words, couldn't deliver anything, and then laughed like a moron. I hate her. I'm, I, I'm thinking of not watching next week altogether just because she's on the promos. She can only make it worse. And by the way, her tank is now decorated in Halloween decorations because, of course, it is because she's a child. Yes, and uh, I will have to go back and and look for that and suffer through that because you told me to. It was I'm telling you, it was two sentences. It felt like 17 years. I don't know why I'm stuck in the word on the on the number 17 but apparently i am um yeah so that that's a, that's a thing uh what else is there dude what else do you want to talk about about this week's nxt um <laughs> during the thatcher segment he he did the typical heel thing with like not remembering the dude's name 
but neither did the crowd when they tried to get behind him because he said his name was was Anthony and they were chanting Andrew Andrew and is that, like is that what Thatcher called him that was one of the things Thatcher called him uh Andrew Alex and Adam uh were at least three of the things that I I caught him calling Listen, him I loved every single goddamn thing about that segment i love the in-ring presentation i love the lighting was different i loved it was great they took all of the fans off the fucking board yeah they just made it feel a little bit different it's the first time we've seen that thatcher you know was able to pull this off live or live to tape or whatever you call it because yeah but with less production and you know, it went into a little match. I mean, he's just a bully. He's a miserable son of a bitch. He's a bully. He's a guy that you want to see get his ass kicked, but he's goddamn entertaining in doing it. I could watch this guy. He has done nothing. The more I see the Young Bucks, the less I ever want to see the Young Bucks. Right? The more I see Thatcher, the more I want him on TV for 30 minutes a week. He's an incredible wrestler. He's a unique promo. He doesn't sound like anybody else. Everything he does says body language. Everything feels real. So I loved it. Just fucking loved it. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm a, I'm gonna tell you something else that I I kind of enjoyed. Okay. Uh, Austin Theory and Bronson Reed. First of all, you pronounce his name wrong, but I'll give you a pass. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. Austin Hypothesis. Okay. And Bronson Reed. Uh, the It was a bit of an extended squash. We got to see frustration out of theory, challenging him again, losing really quickly again, and a, like some more character being built up, some some actual feelings and emotions coming out of the former creator wrestler 47. He's coming across a little better. I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you at all. I have warmed to him a little more. I, I hated him on the main roster and he had a huge handicap coming down to NXT. He is obviously athletically, extremely gifted he probably has one of the best physical presences in uh in nxt and wwe and because he's he's a big guy he looks like a million dollars uh and it was just that he was the most bland character they gave him nothing on the main roster just like they give nothing to buddy murphy and they give nothing to 90 percent of the guys up there so it still remains to be seen he's still a heel that can't win a match and quit. And I'm not sure how I'm supposed to feel about that. Because aren't we all supposed to go like, well, yeah, good. Go the fuck away. You're kind of annoying and smarmy and you can't win a match. So cool. So I think I'm not really sure. Maybe this is great and great character development. And it's going somewhere really, really good. And I'll give it XT a, a, a pass on that because they oftentimes deliver. We've seen really, really good character development with Damian Priest and some of the other people on the, even Bronson Reed. I mean, we haven't seen a lot of Bronson Reed other than his matches, but I've come to like him. You yeah. know, I call him Good Otis. That's my nickname for him. <laughs> uh, so, no, I, I think I think it has potential. They do have a really talented guy there, and they just keep beating the shit out of him. And uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. I, I'd like to see where it goes. So mm-hmm. I'm with you. Um, any, anything that else that stuck out to you? Uh, so as I mentioned earlier, we now have a new TV show that exists with inside NXT. It's called the Garganos and they are in their house. They have a phantom camera that they apparently don't know exists, which is one of the worst tropes in all vignettes and all the history of professional wrestling. Uh, every week I skip the Garganos because it's awful. And this week I was not 
I was caught up. I had no fat, my fast forward button. I couldn't, I was in real time and I panicked. And then I realized I had the mute button. So I did that and it was good. The Garganos. Uh, <laughs> it's still probably better than the Chrisleys. Uh, but well, everything is better than the Chrisleys. There was actually one little line in there that I, I laughed at. He he goes. Everyone knows that I don't like wheels, and I was like, "It's such an absurd statement that I I just liked it as if it is one of those facts uh, that we are supposed to know." It, it sounds like it works. I'll give you that. That sounds funny. Um, okay, so here's something I didn't like. Uh, Cameron Grimes apparently knows what a house of terror match is you don't know what one of those is i don't know what one of those is nobody but cameron grimes knows what a house of terror match is but he knows and he's scared i almost want to go like you should tell us what this is so we should kind of know what's going on and then i realized oh please don't tell me what it is because it's going to be cinematic bullshit and I'm going to hate it and not want to watch your show. So this is this is the Boneyard match. I'm challenging you to a Boneyard match. Oh, no. What the fuck does that mean? I'm challenging you to a House of Terror match. What? Um, Everyone knows what a House of Terror match is. Of course. Of course Cameron Grimes knows. He's from Cameron, North Carolina. He is an understudy of Matt Hardy, who invented the cinematic match. So, of course, Cameron Grimes knows what these silly matches are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> good, for, good for them. Uh, Zaya Lee and Casey Cantanzaro. Casey Cantanzaro, I know this is a developmental brand, but they are on TV. Casey Cantanzaro is not should not be on TV. She, I feel like neither should Zia Lee. Uh, she looks a little more competent, but at one point, uh, Casey Catanzaro had a sla- generously had a slap fight with Zia Lee's abdomen. It looked like she was gently playing pity pat on her stomach. And then she did a, uh, a flipping leg drop that came nowhere close to hitting her. I, she's I saw that, yeah. painfully small. She, there's just there's the best thing you could say about this match was that they were both human beings. <laughs> I, I, got, I got nothing else. And Zia Lee telling us how important this match was the first four times. I got the point. The next seventeen, there's that number again. I started to go okay. We got we got it. This is an important match for you. Move along. D- nothing else to see here. This is very important to me. We got it. We everyone knows it. Everyone's gotten the memo. Uh, that wasn't great. Uh, what else? Oh, Everize sounds like a pre-packaged brand of sourdough bread yeast starter. So that's something that. I just realized. Uh, don't care about that. Um, oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. dude, I brought back the Isaiah Swerve Scott meter. Oh, yeah. Thing this week. This was tough because there were six people in this match. So I did not count everyone's mentions. But there's been a yeah, big Yeah, because you shift. had. Uh, if you had to count Ashanti the Adonis, too, I, I don't know how you would have done that. But this was important to me. We know the whole reason I started this is because the amount of times they went to the trouble of saying Isaiah Swerve Scott when they could have said Scott or Isaiah Scott or Swerve Scott or Swerve or whatever. And just the variations are so broad. It's it's interesting. But my findings before, and I'll have a thesis paper out later on in the year, my findings before were that of, they would say Isaiah Swerve Scott, the whole thing, as many times as all other mentions of Scott, 
Swerve Scott, Isaiah, and Swerve, which seems strange to me because that's a lot of extra words you don't need to have. Very similar to our podcast. But there's been a shift, a shift this week, and it's huge. They said Isaiah Swerve Scott only four times during this match. They said Swerve Scott twice. They said Scott twice. And they said Swerve a whopping 18 times. One off from your number of the episode. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll move it. Everything else now will be 18s. Uh, no Isaiahs, by the way. But we have had an abundance of Isaiah Swerve Scotts previously. There must have been a memo handed down. Listen, Isaiah Swerve Scott, that's not what we're looking for. He's Swerve now. Vince McMahon hates two-word names. He's never going to go for a three-word name. That's going to be gone. He's going to be Swerve. I'm telling you, you got to do the research. It's coming. He's going to be Swerve more often than not now. The numbers don't lie. Speechless. Uh, are you so trying to contemplate was, what you're uh, going to say, or are you just... Steiner math, if I've ever heard it. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, the numbers don't lie, man. Um, our friend Swerve, because that's what his name is now, uh, he did a beautiful twisting somersault whatever dive to the outside hit no one hit zero people yeah (laughs) absolutely no one which is just so cool people are gonna say hey man this is really tough to do and these guys are gonna screw up well how about don't do it because it it wasn't gonna lead to a finish and no one would have remembered it so don't fucking do it if you can't. First of all, don't do it if you can. I and blame, especially don't do it if you can. Can't. I Sorry. blame Legato. Like, there were three of them out there, and he went, Swerve went right down the middle, and they all were late to, to getting to the spot. Like, I, I, I blame them. I don't blame Swerve for that. I don't know, man. I, listen, I don't know enough about the ins and outs and actual, you know, catching someone. I just think it should be done a lot less. And then we saw that dangerous, stupid Spanish fly spot that we talked about earlier. It was an impressive athletic feat that also simultaneously was ugly to watch. It did not look as impressive as it actually was. And was unnecessary and dangerous. So, why the fuck would you do it? Why do that in an episode of NXT? Why do it at all? Why do it when it doesn't lead to a finish? Why do that? It's just a flippy thing to do a flippy thing. Nice only fucking Kevin Nash. God damn it. I don't like that, but it's true. It's, hey, it's, got, it's, it's okay. True. Kevin Nash is in the midst of a real life uh, babyface run right now. Is he? Yeah. If you follow but him why, on what? social media, like he's he's just he's he's turned into like an all around good guy. Like, <laughs> is, so like he, social rights and oh, is he supporting uh, Biden? But Biden? Yeah. Jesus Christ, Biden? Yeah, and like oh, he, and he's he's just he's. All across the board, like super liberal. So he's he's oh, like in the for, midst okay. of like being this all all around baby face. Okay, in that case, <laughs> I I stand corrected. I'm happy to be in Kevin Nash's corner. Um, I mean, the only other thing there was was the triple threat match to start the to start the whole proceedings off. Did you like that? Yeah, I thought it was all right. Um, but the there were a couple couple things that uh. uh stuck out to me that I didn't quite get. There was the spot where um, Dream went for a super kick and almost hit the referee. And that turned into uh, Ciampa getting a, just a schoolboy pin, like a near fall. I don't know what that was all about. That It didn't lead to anything. And then the finish with using the the cast 
and like hiding it, it's a triple threat match. It's no DQs. You don't have to hide the fact of using a weapon. Theoretically, you could use a gun. Yes. So That's why triple threat matches suck, but okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I mean, they, I, I thought that there was some good uh, exchanges. I like the intensity of Champa. Uh, I like the intensity of uh, Kushida. Uh, but uh, the, those couple spots bothered me. And this seemed unnecessary as a way of just giving Kushida a big win and then splintering off uh, Dream and Champa into their own program. I just felt bad that the Champa feels like the add-on to this thing. And I don't care for that because Champa's a fucking star. That guy's great. I mean, all around. And he's heads and tails above both these other performers. And he's the one that takes a pin here. Listen, not every wins and losses matter. They don't count them like they do in AEW, but they don't really count them in AEW anyway. But I'm not saying he's like buried because he lost this match, a triple threat match. But at the same time, he's a star. I don't think he should be taking a pinball here with these two guys. Even though I've liked Kuchida more and more as I've seen him as more of a technical technical wrestler, less Michael J. Fox, and more intensity. That's been a winning formula for me with Kushida. They did a terribly contrived triple DDT something spot early on in the match, which was as contrived as any ladder spot I've ever seen. This is why I hate triple threat matches. They're, they rarely make any sense. Nothing really matters at the end of the day. And if you're going to do one, it's got to be something for something. It's got to be for a championship at WrestleMania. It's got to be these guys hate each other. There's an interlocking web of 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 hatred when it comes to it. And this just seemed like a thing that was thrown together because of a match the week before. So I don't think it was earned. I didn't care for it, and I hated that Champa took the loss. Are, do I like each one of these guys individually? Yeah. I think they all have potential. You know, with Dream has a lot of potential, and Kushida, I like him more and more, and Champa's awesome. But throw them all in together in a match just to put them in a match? Felt like kind of a waste of my time. I can see that. Um trying to think of what else uh, we we even had in this show i mean that's that's all i had i, I think there may have been some other say oh there was a segment with uh, raquel gonzalez coming out and beating up uh Zia Lee and uh, casey catanzaro afterwards cool she's a big badass heel trying to pro- show rhea ripley what she can do okay I dig that. No, yeah. I, I I like these two going at each other. I still think it's too early for them to be fighting, and I'm going to have a hard time calling the winner on that one, but that is what it is. Speaking Did you hear that call? No, go, go ahead, ahead, please. No, no, no. I was doing transition. You have a question. Oh, no. I was saying, did you hear that Mercedes Martinez is apparently no longer a uh, member of Retribution? No, I did not. I've heard that. Also, Mustafa Ali is was the SmackDown hacker and the leader of Retribution, and they've been off the show for like two weeks, and they were drafted to Raw, because why wouldn't you want a rebellious stable on your brand? Uh, all that's happened recently. Oh, and by the way, uh, Raw Underground, totally done. Yeah. <laughs> Who I did read that. Who could have called that, Mike? What prognosticating Nostradamus could have predicted that that would be a garbage thing that wouldn't last very long? Who of us? Who of us is good enough to predict that? Both of us. <laughs> Fucking garbage. I, I I don't even think I I don't even think I predicted it. I'm just saying that how anyone would have thought that was going to be a good thing and the whole retribution thing about them being off TV for weeks because they have no idea what to do with them. Oh, and by the way, I think it was last week on Raw, 
but the last time they were seen, they were like beat down by like the hurt business. They basically jobbed them out completely. They lost a match and got beaten up afterwards completely the last time that they were saw saw seen on TV. So not only have they done all this stuff with them, but they are also make them look like chumps. Wonder where their future's headed. Dominic Got Dijakovic, it. welcome back to NXT. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, T-Bar. Thanks for the memories. Is, is that what his name? I I've not even put like what each one of them's names are to who they are. I just know one is named T-Bar. So that, I just, that's the one I went with. Uh, this is... Uh, the 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 thing about Mar- Mercedes Martinez is news to me. I did not uh, hear about that. That's what I heard. But I, I could be also wrong. But uh, it this hearing stuff like this is just like yes, this is why uh, we don't watch Raw or SmackDown. It just makes so little sense. And and you know for. For stuff like that, it, it it makes me sad that there are apparently some really good things going on. Like, uh, I, I think I mentioned before how, like, I've heard good things about this Roman and Jay Uso program. I've heard very good things. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I've heard that uh, the Hurt Business is is actually very entertaining right now, that MVP is cutting great promos. and I believe and that. And leading a powerful faction that they and they got Cedric Alexander under the banner, uh, too, and it's like, man, I I I kind of want to uh, see a little bit about what is going on with them, but not enough to take up so much time out of my Monday night to be to see that for ten minutes and then just be like banging my head against the wall for the rest of it. Yeah. It's just too frustrating overall. Um, but, uh, let's, I was going to make a, uh, a segue into doing predictions for the Halloween havoc show. I don't remember how I was going to do it, but just <laughs> let's just pretend that I had a really good segue. It Let's was pretend really that really nice. I, I do that often. So, <laughs> <laughs> so as of our recording of this, there are only four matches announced for this, uh, and, and it's and it's a special. It's uh, not. It's it's an NXT TV special. This isn't a takeover uh, that's on a Saturday or Sunday. So we got um only two hours. For this, and I'm sure there will be other things going on. Rhea Ripley taking on Raquel Gonzalez, kind of where we left off with talking about NXT TV. Uh, as far as I see, no stipulation really set up on it, other than just uh, two two big women uh, going at it, and to see who is really like the the monster, I guess you could say of. Uh, NXT's women's division. Where where are you at on this? Because this is confusing to me. What do you think? I I feel like you gotta have Rhea win this, right? Like because because she lost she lost to Dakota Kai one on one for a, a title shot, and then after Kai lost, she came out and was like, "All right, all right, now I'm going after the title. This is where I belong." Only to be like thrown into a, a feud with uh, Dakota's heavy. And I, I feel like she has to win this and get back into the title picture. I mean, I just feel like you've got Ember Moon coming back who I've really liked Ember Moon in the past, but watching the match this week, this is another thing we didn't talk about. There was just... There's something missing with Ember Moon. I'm not sure what it is, but compared to someone like Rhea Ripley, I, I just I'm not interested uh, because Rhea Ripley comes off as a star and should be dominating that division. And I, I want to see her in that position more than I want to see a returning Ember Moon, even though she's a former champion. 
I'm getting around to that because how long can you keep Rhea Ripley out of the title picture? And you distract us with this feud, which I like this idea of this feud, but it has to take up a couple months. I think I'm going to pick, I have to pick Rhea because you have to have Rhea Ripley go over. She's got to be strong. But if I was booking this, I'd probably have some kind of schmaz finish. Yeah. I'd have, I'd have some kind of no finish on this and let us go to a takeover and decide it. You know, let Dakota Kai get involved and have a DQ. Don't pin her. Do not pin Rhea Ripley. Do not beat her. Do not have her submit, but do something to DQ schmaz something that uh, that that gets us on to the next the next uh, phase of this. But even going with that, I'm just going to go with Rhea because I can't see her getting beat. And, you know, I just remembered with uh, saying Dakota Kai is she's now involved in a program seemingly with the returning Ember Moon. Yeah, uh, that we saw on the the TV show. That's true. Um, we got Cameron Grimes and Dexter Loomis in a haunted house of terror, whatever match. Um, Dexter Loomis, yeah, I, I mean, think wins. Yeah. Cameron Grimes is one of those guys who doesn't need to. I mean, <laughs> he's not like a superstar that doesn't need to win, but he's just a cocky, braggadocious shitbag heel that doesn't need to win anything. To still go out there and be cocky. And it's in, but is this going to be uh, Dexter Loomis's Hell in a Cell or Casket Match or Buried? Jesus, Undertaker had a lot of matches. Is this going to be his <laughs> thing? I don't know. But I, if it's cinematic, I'll make a bigger prediction. It's going to be terrible. I don't think that that's a bold prediction can at I, all. Instead of picking, picking Dexter Loomis, can I pick terrible? Uh, I don't think that that is a a viable pick. I'll move on. But uh, if if you want to pick the loser of this and say everyone, uh, (laughs) then I would accept that. Okay, that's not fair because we know that's going to be the case. No, we're both going with Dexter Lewis here. Uh, then we got two of the spin a wheel, make a deal matches with a whole bunch of stuff on there. A lot of WWE uh, go-to matches, or at least ones that we haven't seen in a while. Casket match, Buried Alive match, TLC, I think I saw on there. Um, I I, I didn't see Coal Miner's Glove. I remember that being (laughs) a match at one point. Well, that was was the famous one that was actually in the spin the wheel, make the deal that it came down on. Yeah. And And the story, you know the story of that? Is that they didn't gimmick the wheel. Oh, they didn't? They did not gimmick the wheel. And the Coal Miners Glove match was a big, hairy deal in certain areas in the territory days. But by the time you're on like WCW on national television, people are like, what the fuck is a Coal Miners Glove? Yeah, that's the, the famous story is that they did not bother to gimmick the wheel. I don't know if that's true, but that's the famous story about that. I'll have wow. to read up on that. That's, that's kind of... That that does seem like a big deal to have not done, and I'd like to read a bit about that. Dude, I'm just gonna I'm gonna cut you off here, and I'm sorry to do this, but we got to shake things up every now and then in our predictions. We gonna we predict said, what the match is? No, we said last last month for the last takeover that these feuds with the Garganos and Eo and Damian Priest were just holdover feuds. These were not title changing fuse these were just holdovers until something better came along and i still feel the same way i'm picking eo and damian priest because <laughs> they, they didn't take the titles off them last time they ain't taking them off this time i don't want to watch the johnny gargano is a very good professional wrestler and as a baby face to get behind i am all for johnny gargano I do not like him as a heel i do not like his vi- vignettes i do not like them sam i am i do not care for this at all. And I'm going with EO and Damian Priest. Okay. Uh, bingo, bango, dingo, dango. I, I, I kind of agree that this is a, uh, a still feeling like a holdover feud. Um, but 
I'm going to pick the same people, but I feel like as a tiebreaker, we should try to pick what we think will be the matches. Okay. Can you give me a list um, of the matches again? I do. I do here have the uh, list of matches that appeared on the wheel. Coal Miner's Glove is on there. Okay, good. Um, trick or Street Fight. Blindfold Match. Casket Match. Chamber of Horrors Match. <laughs> Biker's Chain Match. Uh, which I think is like a strap match, yeah. but with a chain. Yeah. A Buried Alive Match. Devil's Playground Match. Whatever that is. <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. Boiler Room Brawl. Weapons Wild Match. And Shotzi's Choice. Uh, EO and... Um, EO and... Um, why am I for planking on... Candace. the car- Thank you. That's going to be Shotzi's Choice. That's That's... Why would you have that on there if it's not going to come up? Yeah. Uh, it also helps to spin off another feud for them. So, by the way, you can't pick that now because I've already picked it. Uh, You're right. Uh, now, do you want to pick the priest uh, one so that you get the first that I can't pick? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to go with... I've got two that I, I think it's going to be, one of these two. I'm going to go with Devil's Playground uh, <laughs> match because who knows what the fuck that is. Okay. And could could be a way for them to put in another uh, uh, cinematography match, whatever the fuck they call them again. I, I, don't, I don't care. To, um, me, to me, the chain match is the most realistic. The boiler boiler room brawl is also very real. They're not going to put a fucking grave site in the Capitol Wrestling Center. Several of these they are just not going to do. Casket match doesn't make sense. I'm going to go with the chain match because they just did one in AEW, and I feel like everyone's a follower. Uh, I mean, it's basically a chain match, dog collar match. Um, and what are you going through for EO and Candace? Uh, I'll I'll go with the buried alive one because that You're was the one that Johnny alive? Johnny oh, spun you watched, that. You on, watched it, yes, and he was super concerned about it. So it would be kind of apropos for Candace to actually get that one. When he was so concerned about it. Okay. That's smart. That's what helps when you actually so, watch the show. But but I do think that your choice is probably the, the right one with Shotzi's choice. They they have to give they have to do that for one of them. Yeah, and also she's the host, whatever that garbage means. All right. Cool. I mean not cool, um, but cool. And then, uh, yeah, uh, we we also have we didn't do this for the last pay per view uh, for WWE's main roster where we did this a little while back where we just predicted the winners of the matches without really knowing what the fuck is going on on the shows. Um, do we want to do that for Hell in a Cell just for funsies? Sure, let's do it. All right. It's going to be rapid um, fire, though. Yeah. It's only four matches, so it's going to be easy. <laughs> and only <laughs> it's only one four of, matches? Uh, Isn't only it four this matches weekend? showing on here as of this recording. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I hate that show. And and only one of them is not a Hell in a Cell match. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So let's, let's go with this. Jeff Hardy and Elias. Elias. I'm going to go with Jeff Hardy. Uh, well, it's got to be Elias because I know he just came back and he has a guitar and I don't care whether he's a baby face or heel. They have to, but at one point he has to win a match. So I'll go Elias. I'll, I'll stick with Jeff Hardy. Okay. Uh, SmackDown Women's Championship match, Bailey against Sasha Banks. 
that's in a Hell in a Cell. Yes. Do you remember how bad the Hell in a Cell was with Charlotte and Sasha? No. They kept trying to break break a table for like 15 minutes and they couldn't break it. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. God, it was tough. Have you heard anything good about like the Sasha Bailey feud? Because obviously it was one of the best things going when it was on NXT and it was like our feud of the year. And that's another thing. I've had no desire to watch any of it play out. And I've heard great things about how awesome uh, uh, Bailey has been. And but then I've also heard that, you know, Kenny Omega is good. So I don't know what to believe anymore. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go with Sasha Banks. She wins the big one and then loses the title of the next pay-per-view. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll go. I'll be different. I'll go with Bailey. Okay. Uh, Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton for the umpteenth time in a hell in a cell. They had a nice little holdover with, what was it? Dolph Ziggler, uh, there for a second. <laughs> um, <laughs> Drew McIntyre. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. I mean, yeah, of course, Drew McIntyre. Why are these guys still fighting? I we stopped watching. I think it was nine months ago, and the same feuds are still happening. I'm pretty sure Rey Mysterio is still feuding with Seth Rollins. I they were as of uh, I I think last Raw, and they both got drafted to SmackDown. Yeah. Because <laughs> the feud must continue. I versus I or something other. Yeah. Drew McIntyre. <laughs> something other. We're going to start watching Raw just for fun in nine months from now. And it's still going to be Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton and Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins. They're just putting it on that ice. That means that they'll have gotten back onto Raw. Yeah. And and also, oh Jesus! And also, by the way, somehow it, they will have practiced enough that it would actually have gotten good. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> they got around to something that works. All right. And then, lastly, is Roman Reigns and Jay Uso in an I Quit match in the Hell in a Cell for the Universal Title. Roman Reigns. Yeah, of course, Roman Reigns. I also love the fact that. Uh, I've heard, I, I I read the the rundown sometimes, and they were like, they're advertising as the first time ever an I quit match in a Hell in a Cell. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things you can do for the first time ever in a Hell in a Cell. You can do one of those German polka dances. You could wear a feathery hat. You can dress up like a chicken. That doesn't make the match better. Why does it matter that it's an I quit match in a hell in a cell? Why does that make it worse? Why does it make it more dangerous? Like, I, I don't I don't understand you, that. You stuffed a gimmick match into another gimmick match. This is this is that great it's line goes inside of a lobster. It's that great line that I want to use in my real life and I still have never used it. That Jim Cornette says all the time, you put a hat on top of a hat. <laughs> just, it's one of the greatest. I just I want to work that into an everyday conversation and just be the coolest dude in the room because it's fucking funny and it's so perfect. You put a hat on a hat. That is what this is. And also, you've got three Hell in a Cell matches. Uh, why? What are you going to do in the third one? What are you... You know Roman's going on last. What yeah. are they going to do that the other two people didn't do? What are they going to do that the other three matches from last year and the three matches from that year before didn't do? Baffle, and they wonder, why are we hemorrhaging ratings? Why is no one watching this anymore? Why did Retribution not get over? This... <laughs> Just this. Yeah. Whew. Yeah, that wasn't um, as fun yeah. and funny as I thought it would be. Um, I should have I should have picked the loser every time instead of the winner and said all of us. It wouldn't have been funny, would have, but it would have been accurate. Very accurate. Very accurate indeed. Um, all right. So 
there are predictions and uh oh, we'll oh, 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 we'll be oh, back oh, oh, on we'll, oh, oh, yeah. oh 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 tell me what you thought about the video i sent you earlier with the kenny omega dancers we oh, were watching a we are not watching aw this week but during the nxt uh broadcast they showed a halloween havoc promo Shotzi Blackheart was on my TV, so I instinctively switched channels. I didn't even think to do it, and my finger just went to the controller. I switched to AEW to see Kenny Omega's new entrance, which includes what you didn't see, Mike, Justin Roberts running down how great Dave Meltzer thinks he is and all the great things he's done in the history of professional wrestling. And then his music starts to play, and two scantily clad women start dancing awkwardly with brooms for an uncomfortably long time, only for Kenny Omega to emerge from the other tunnel in back of a sheet. I I, I just described it. I don't believe it happened. I have video evidence. I showed it to you. You like Kenny Omega. What do you think about that? This is playing into, I, I, I'm assuming that the, the brooms are in reference to the sweeper character. The cleaner? that he Or the cleaner, yeah. <laughs> the sweeper. That would be more sense. <laughs> that would make more sense. The sweeper, he has a broom. Uh, because it, he did carry around a broom as the cleaner. Uh, it was a very overly dramatic prop. And I just... I can't help but not take Omega seriously a lot of the time because of silly stuff like this that he thinks is, I don't know what he thinks it is. Do you think it's meta? Does he he want us to laugh? Does he want us to dislike him? Does he want us to like him? I just think he's a fucking goof and this is stupid. Yeah. And I don't take him seriously, and I don't want to see him. And if they're trying to make him a heel, and they, it seems like everything is going in that direction, then there are better ways for me to want to see someone punched in the mouth than want me to see them never appear on television again. It's like he can't get away from the DDT stuff that he used to do in Japan back in the day, that the, the comedy promotion, and that he just feels a need to be a little bit silly, even when he's supposed to be like a heel, like a, a hardcore heel. He still has to be a little bit weird and silly and funny uh, through it all. And it's just, it seems unnecessary to me. <laughs> If that's what Kenny Omega is, then maybe I don't I don't like Kenny Omega. Wow. But wow. Listen, I've made that statement, but I didn't think I'd hear you say that. I think that he I think that he's a really good worker. Uh, and the the matches that I've seen just watching the matches, uh, especially with uh, o- Okada, I'm like this guy can fucking go, but if this is what his character is all the time and I've just never noticed it, then my bad. And, uh, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> uh, listen, we're, we're, I, I don't know about you. I know sometimes you, you're not able to, you know, you don't have the time to go back and watch the previous week's thing that we didn't cover. But uh, listen, I'll go back and watch this match with him and Sonny Kiss. I'm not expecting anything. I'm not expecting much about this title tournament because... None of the people in the title tournament, not none, half the people in the title tournament don't belong in the title tournament. I would have to guess half of them have losing records, and most of them have not been featured on television recently. But I like that there's a tournament. Maybe this match is something special. Maybe it's building to something. The The Bucks were recently on a podcast or a radio show and said this year is going to be Darby Allen, Omega, and Hangman Page. You know, that's what 2021 is going to be. And I'm I'm more than with you. If this is what Kenny Omega is, Kenny Omega belongs on Raw in the worst possible situation because he's not good. 
Darby Allen has tons of upside and, and Hangman Page and MJF are the saviors of the fucking company. But okay. Anyway, we'll talk about that next week when we talk about AEW. But anyway, maybe we want to watch Halloween Havoc next week because it's a special. That's very did, true. Yeah. We did this with uh, AEW in their anniversary show. Yeah. I th- I think that makes that makes sense. All right. So that's what we'll do. That's what we'll do. Figured it out. Booyah. Um all right. Well, anything else that you want to add? No, I've talked plenty. All right. Well, thank you everyone once again for joining us. Uh, we will be back here next week to talk some Halloween Havoc. It'll be a spooky episode. <laughs> no, it won't. Uh, <laughs> in the meantime, you guys, uh, stay safe out there. Uh, good night. Good wrestling. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> stay safe out there. Hey guys, listen, this is from me to you. Stay safe out there. No, ser- seriously, se- s- s- stay safe. That was very genuine. That was very sweet, Mike. <laughs>